Hello and welcome to a, another episode of the Chiropractic Why podcast. Today we are joined by a badass woman of chiropractic, somebody who I have so much respect for, someone who I can honestly say whenever you spend time with her, her energy for life and chiropractic is very infectious. You will always learn something and learn to love better when you spend time with Lula. Um, I can't even ever pronounce your last name, Lula, so please... <laughs> Like I'm just, otherwise I would say, here's Lula. But um, Lula, how do I pronounce your last name? Exactly that. Um, an amazing chiropractor who currently practices in Greece, who graduated from Bournemouth uh, and has done lots of amazing stuff uh, within her own practice, but also in studying chiropractic. So thank you very much for joining me, Lula. Thank you, Danny. No worries. I'm sorry that I still, after all of this time, have never committed to being able to pronounce your last name. That's okay. Yeah, I feel a I bit of a lesser it's human. It's part of your charm, your British charm. Well, you know, some would say arrogant <laughs> disappointment, but it's fine. So, Lula, um, today what we're going to chat about, and I think will give a lot of value to people, is first of all, your experience of sort of your journey through chiropractic and how at times that has married up with chiropractic philosophy and your learning within that. And then um, I've read your paper, which you did for part of the ACP program, which is a sort of a follow on course in chiropractic philosophy that was run, that's had a couple of classes running in Europe that I also did. And I ended up teaching on actually, I think you were on that one. Which one were you on? The one after you. Yeah. So on that one, that we had an amazing trip up in Girona. Um, uh, yeah, the one in Barcelona. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and then chat about some of the stuff that has come up from your study and, and your paper. So if people know nothing about you, can you just tell us a little bit like where you graduated, where you've ended up? How's life going now? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I went to ACC in Bournemouth. I graduated now seven years ago. Oh my God, <laughs> As I graduated seven years ago. Um, and after, uh, after England, I moved to Spain, up in Asturias, where I worked as an associate in a very, in a very busy and very good, chiropractically, uh, clinic. Um, yeah, and that's where, actually, I was first exposed to Nipes Apostolical which is um, the system that I use now in my practice. So after Spain, I went a little bit on a chiropractic nomad adventure uh, to the States. And then four, four years ago, I came back to Greece and uh, started my own uh, clinic. Awesome. So for if, if someone is listening and they have never heard much about knee, chest, upper cervical, how would you explain that? And how did you sort of, end up doing that having graduated from a, a college that doesn't teach that well ACC doesn't teach a lot of things yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, really when I was in my clinic year um, well I have to say for my for the listeners that my first degree was actually in physiotherapy so when I went to chiropractic school, I didn't have like a chiropractic miracle story or anything. I just thought this is cool. This is cooler actually, like from than physiotherapy, 
I might as well just go and do it. Um, and whilst I was in college, I was actually, you know, thinking of um, this is so much better than physiotherapy, thinking that there's physiotherapy and then chiropractic is physiotherapy, but cooler and grander. Um, so then I was hearing about this magical S word, not knowing what it was. And, and when I reached the clinic, actually, we were treating then the patients in the clinic and I was doing actually the same I was doing as a physiotherapy, um, but I could diagnose and manipulate the joints. So it made me thinking like, this is like the great profession they talk about. This is like the most happy and joyful you can be like doing. And so that got me just thinking and looking into other things and searching for some answers. Um, and that's when I slowly uh, was introduced to the chiropractic philosophy. Um, and then going to Spain, going out to the question about upper cervical, the practice there that I started and um, still uses uh, this system uh, for analyzing and locating retrieval subluxation. So if nobody has yet heard, it's a system, a full spine actual system, and, and gives you the tools how to locate the subluxation and analyze it in a way of adjusting it. And the adjustment happens uh, in obviously the upper cervical parts of the upper cervical parts. Um, and the knee test uh, refers to the posture, the the person has in order for you to do the adjustment. Awesome. So when you, when you first left college and you went to work uh, up in the North of Spain with Greg, who is a beast, great chiropractor who um, embodies certainly a continual attitude for, for learning. That is something I have a huge amount of respect for him. The guy works his ass off huge. and he's constantly learning. So big up to, to Greg. Um, what was like your first sort of like, wow, this is kind of different. Like, was it just continual or tell me about that? I don't think we've ever chatted about this. True. Well, the first month in practice, me coming out of ACC and thinking, okay, I manipulate. I didn't even know, you know, about the, what the difference can be with manipulation and adjustment. I manipulate and I give like some exercises. Um, so the first couple of months, I was like, this is all you do? Like, why aren't you giving them bird dogs? Or why aren't you like, you know, putting some heat packs? Or wouldn't that make it much better? <laughs> so, but Greg, like, Kudos is the right word. Like, um, Wait, for, for, people yeah, I think you were... for people that are that don't know Lula, before we started recording this, Lula admitted that she hadn't spoken English for a while. So, <laughs> shout out to her for doing this again. And also, I don't think you realize how amazing your English is, considering this is not your first language. So, like, okay, you're on fire, lady. Okay. But then kudos, if that's the right uh, appropriate word, to Greg, because he was like, I think the best mentor that I could have. And um, 
he was just, you know, giving me chiropractic answers to all my questions. Um, but that then led me to critical thinking and actually making me dive into the chiropractic philosophy and understanding it. So then, then I can see and know what the difference is and actually what chiropractic is and um, what encompasses it. Wow. So, I mean, it's a pretty big journey. There must have been some times, though, when you were at college, having previously done physiotherapy, where you're not like, I've kind of done this. Yeah. Yeah. And all the main, the, like the main uh, basic science stuff, and it was very helpful for me, especially like the first, first two years. Um, yeah. But like the first couple of months out of school, being exposed, being like in a real chiropractic clinic, um, it was not easy because the worldview that I had and what I thought chiropractic was, uh, was just torn down. Yeah. And it was difficult because I had to realize that what I thought chiropractic is, it was wrong. It's, the chiropractic was not that. Um, and then to get introduced and find out really what chiropractic is. So what, is there like a moment, can you remember like a moment where you were just like, oh my gosh, or was it just <laughs> a series of moments? I think it was more of a series of moments. Um, it was more of a series of moments throughout the, like the first, the first whole year. But there was a specific, I remember like a, a pinpoint, I can pinpoint like a moment where uh, I can say like maybe I fell in love with chiropractic at that moment. And I'm that moment, uh, yeah. Tell me <laughs> so, all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was um, a year after and it was my first uh, outreach program to El Salvador. And this was with um, the Arvis Pacific and Andy. And uh, we were providing chiropractic care and I was with my then group. And I was just, you know, checking, adjusting when necessary, that's like all day. And there was like this moment I was like, I can do this for the rest of my life. And like, this is the best thing ever. Like, it's so happy at that, like that specific moment. Um, yeah, that is a pinpointed moment. That is awesome. I mean, the stories that I've heard of those mission trips that with the art of specifics of, uh, Sean and Lacey Dill and, and Andy Roberts, who is a name that continually pops up on these podcasts and, um, always torn between pure joy and, and sadness chatting about that guy, but absolute hero. Those trips sounded amazing. Is it, would that sum them up? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. One word, one word. So there's a couple of things that you've, taught, you've spoken about there that I think if we, I'm going to ask you about them. And I think people listening yeah. would love to hear what you're chatting about. So you, you make a clear distinction between a manipulation and an adjustment. What would be the distinguishing factors between those two for you? Well, I can't say it in one word, but 
I think the basic, the, like going back to the basics, like something that we learned in the ATP is always like uh, define is how to define the terms. So what makes an adjustment an adjustment? Well, you have to have the component of the vertebral subluxation first, and then the thrust, which then entices actually innate and then innate to do the adjustment. Whereas, and all those are like specific, um, have a specific um, meaning. Uh, it's a term. Um, whereas the manipulation is also a term, but it does not include, uh, it, it's not tied up with terms like mental impulse or innate intelligence or vertebral subluxation. Perfect. That is good. Does that make sense? That definitely made sense. And then one of the other things that, um, that you chatted about is enticing innate. What, what do you mean by that? Well, if you really want to be chiropractically correct, as in according to our philosophy, it is not the chiropractor that makes the adjustment. So the chiropractor provides the thrust. And if that thrust then is recognized and is, we can say like... Adapted. Very sim simply, yeah, adapted. Um, then innate intelligence will do the restoration cycle and actually that means that the adjustment has happened whereas a chiropractor can thrust but it's not necessary that the adjustment happens yeah but that then goes into a different i think uh, direction how do you know that an adjustment was made maybe <laughs> well how would you know i think that you've chatted about it, that cycle of check adjust if necessary and then check again to check that it's happened which i mean is a process that i think is intertwined with most techniques and i think a lot of chiropractors even if they don't realize they do that is a process that they go through and we're not obviously the only profession that that has that process you know if i'm going to anybody for an intervention or a change there is going to be a process of do i need that like i turn up at the dentist they're going to like, I don't turn up to the dentist, they pull a teeth out. Like they're going to check, do I need to pull this teeth out? Then they're going to do what they need to do. And then afterwards, they're going to check that it's changed and that the tooth still isn't dangling there, that it's actually come out. So I don't think it's like a foreign concept. And often I think we get bogged down in this, like sounds a lot, but it's pretty simple. Check if someone comes in and you find your markers or your objective findings that say that this person has vertebral subluxation present, you then deliver a thrust and then check afterwards to see whether the body has been able to adapt those forces and vertebral subluxation is no longer present. I don't think it's an overly crazy concept, but it does lead me on to a question that I think I will know your answer. Can you remember the first time you checked somebody and you didn't adjust them? Or can you remember just oh. thinking like this is this is different? Yeah, for sure. It was like in the in like those continuous like, continuous moments in my first year of practice, 
and saying like, what, you're not gonna do anything? Like, and you're still saying gonna charge them? Like, what do they come in for? Then that leads to other questions. Why, why do they come see you? So what, talk, talk me through, can you remember those feelings? Cause I'm sure there'll be people listening here that are like, what? You go to a chiropractor, they check you and they do nothing. <laughs> I mean, there, there's already a lot has happened. So you definitely have not, you've definitely done something you've checked. How did you, how did, what was your like emotional or thought process going through that? And where do you feel that you're at now with that? Well, I think the first thing is the resistance, especially, you know, wh where I was then and the coming straight after school. Um, when you hear something like that, for me, and maybe like a lot of the people, maybe they, that will listen to this podcast haven't heard this concept before. I think the, maybe the logical thing, the first reaction is to say like, to resist this, as in like, no, like, you know, go to the chiropractor to get adjusted. Um, how is it possible for you like not to, uh, not to adjust someone? Um, but for me, actually, the more I dove dev into chiropractic philosophy, uh, the more I could understand this concept because the job of the chiropractor is to, to check for subluxation. And if there is, then okay, to assist the body to correct it. But if you go continuously to a chiropractor and you always get adjusted, that means that you're always subluxated. Who wants to be like always subluxated? And how is that ever a good thing? Yeah. I mean, when you explain the logic, and the behind... easiest thing. Yeah, and you know, um, the easy uh, example or correlation. I think. I first heard this from um, Sean, from Sean Dill, is that, you know, you go to a dentist and you go to get checked. Like, do you always expect to have a cavity? Or do you always expect to have like a, the pr a procedure, an intervention being uh, like to take place? And if it's always, um, if something like that always happens, then you question either the dentist or yourself. So, so within your practice at the moment, how for people that are listening, when someone comes in, you check them and verbal subluxation, you, you do not find your markers, you do not find the presence of vertebral subluxation. How does that scenario play out? You know what? Uh, even I was 100% certain and well, still am, but it was very scary for me when I opened my own practice practice and was going to do this and um, because you in the back of your mind you think we've been conditioned I think um, to think well that's what they come in for but people love it when they don't need to be adjusted they're like oh yes <laughs> like finally uh, or you know I'm holding I'm healing that's what when you don't need an adjustment, then I, you know, I have a safety pin and I explain it to them and they're like, yes, uh, that's good news. Or some people are maybe 
need more time and when they need more frequent adjustments they're like oh i need to be adjusted like again like is this normal uh, should i worry so people get it 100 percent. well i think people get it when you explain it to them because i definitely see this often like as chiropractors we often say stuff like oh this person got it this person doesn't but the reality is that often when you like point one finger in one direction, four fingers come back, you know, it's that we haven't put the work in and explaining it to them. And I mean, I'm, this is a hundred percent true for me. There is no way that, that I got chiropractic for a long, long time, you know, and I still, there is still countless ideas within chiropractic that I need to work harder and to understand, to be able to, to explain. But I definitely think there is that, like, they didn't get it it's my responsibility true like i i I haven't put the hard work in and it's not their problem it's my problem Mm -hmm. but in what you're saying for me i remember hearing and i honestly wish i remember who it is somebody said to me i want to be the chiropractor that never adjusts and i was like what like and even by then i had i was like on board with like check adjust if necessary recheck Mm -hmm. um i was just like what why would you I think, um, I can't remember, maybe it's in volume 18. I don't remember which book, but um, I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure, I think, well, BJ was the one that said that they, the patient should pay me, for example, like $10 the first time they get in and they get adjusted. And every other time they actually need to be adjusted, I should pay them. Really? I said I read this some, somewhere. I'm gonna. This is when we need Scott Jackson on speed dial. Yeah, exactly. Just the exact, like I will get here. I will find this. Page. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Get my bat phone out just for Scott. Um, I will definitely find that, and um, when we release this podcast, I'll I'll post try and find that that quote and post it. Yeah. That would be a pretty cool idea. I mean, wow. I'm undecided that how I feel about that. Serious balls, also to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it would be the best business decision that you've ever made. Uh, You'd definitely yeah. be backing up your art, though. That is so. Going back to the original point, I think a lot of yeah. people will. Um, there is like, and particularly when I started to implement this in when I was in my my full time practice myself, there was a lot of fear behind it. And I think as soon as you realize that the fear is within you and not within somebody else, it is amazing to see how other people just respond with like, that's awesome. And also how that it brings up other questions of like, oh, well, that's great. So what does that mean for me now? Like, does that mean that we get checked less? Does that mean we stay on the same frequency? And, um, I think it's an amazing opportunity to open up conversations about the reality of what we're doing and what chiropractic can be and should be for the rest of their life. Because it's a paradigm that, like you said, it already fits in, right? I don't want to go every time to a dentist and my tooth's coming out. I mean, I don't even know how many teeth we've got, but you know, it's not going to be long before I'm out of them. So 
it is like a concept that's definitely out there within the world and does not have that much that much force back but we're getting sidetracked yeah your paper that you wrote for the acp if someone is listening and they've never heard what the acp is give them a quick couple of sentences of what the acp is and um and why you went on it and also through studying chiropractic philosophy how that changed things whether it be certainty or confidence or, or whatever it is within your personal practice and, and your life um well uh, i'll talk about the acp the acp for the people that don't know it is the academy of chiropractic doctors it is a one-year program um run by sherman college and it is now actually i think it's the fifth year that it's happening in europe and because you were the third and i was the fourth and it is run by a fantastic chiropractic teacher Dr. hero hero true i mean Dr. Bill this Deacon. guy I, if you've never experienced bill deckin first of all just a beautiful human being like yeah. a beautiful but one of the most intelligent men i've ever met in the most compassionate and non-arrogant way as well yeah yeah like i love that man no um so yeah it's a program and it goes through the basics of um chiropractic philosophy um what you mentioned like before actually how the chiropractor feels and the fear you might have chiropractic philosophy was the thing that gave me certainty before i had my you know uh, ex expertise or my practical expertise and so obviously somebody that who had graduated like for 10 years had the cert had you know was at a certain level uh, and i had graduated two years and i wanted to be as good as possible so even though i didn't have many years in practice chiropractic philosophy gave me the certainty to talk to people and to communicate um and to have no fear like when i'm in when i'm in practice so um yeah when i heard that the acp was happening in europe it was kind of I, I had considered doing it the, the year before with you guys, but things didn't fall through, so I didn't do it. But it's funny because I remember it was a moment where I thought my arrogant self being like, you know, I study philosophy, I know philosophy, of course, there's always, you know, deepening and more to do, but I was like, you know, I'm good. I'm at a good level. I'm at a decent level. Like, do I really want to do this? Um, but I went ahead and did it. And it's again, like those aha moments where the more you study and you realize that you know shit in a way. Um, so that was, so I had to have that moment to again, like humble myself and dive deeper and deeper and deeper. So I can become a better chiropractor and a better communicator better serving people uh, with chiropractic so that's why awesome why i did it and how like how that happened yeah i mean 
I, we just, uh, one of the previous podcasts is with David Seru, and he said something along the lines that he's read chiropractic textbook 46 times, and every time he reads it, you get something new. And it's kind of like reminding me of like, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And then when you know more, you're like, oh my gosh, there's even more I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool because like, this exactly. is going to be a lifelong pursuit, right? Like we're going to be gray and old and hopefully smiling as much, having as much fun and learning as much. Like yeah. it's amazing. And what we've, I mean, doing this podcast has been a complete blessing because I've had some amazing conversations, but chatting to like a 90 year old chiropractor who is still pumped up for chiropractic purely based on the philosophy of chiropractic. Yeah. Like it's a powerful beast. Yeah. So go careful. And it's you... so... Oh, Sorry. No, it's I was right. going to say Can't that help. every time, you know, I, I will you know, read something or say like, you know, dive a little bit deeper, I can get like so overwhelmed of really how beautiful the philosophy is. Like it, it's beautiful. <laughs> Not wanting to sound so romantic, but it is. <laughs> my, my, my inner geek is out there. I'm, I'm in for this. I'm fine. So, um, <laughs> Part of the part of the ACP program is uh, you have to write a paper, like a thesis, and your topic was. My topic was uh, what is the purpose of chiropractic? Which is a pretty big question, right? Yeah. And I don't think that we're going to be able to distill the whole of your paper down to this little podcast. Um, however. I have read it, I've read it a couple of times now and obviously reread it before we were doing this. There's some bits that I find where you write very well and some amazing points. But through your journey of like looking into that question, what were like, if I said to you, what were the three main things or the two main things that, you, that sort of your thoughts circulated around or you ended up at those points, what would they be? Um, well, the first thing is at the first like, glimpse it can seem like a pretty uh, easy question to answer like what is the purpose it is to locate analyze and correct vertebral subluxation um but the more but i wanted you know to go a little bit deeper so things like um meaning like words like meaning would come up and the essence and the virtue and the cause um like that only wasn't enough for me so i wanted to dive in and see how the interconnectedness maybe um is and how it can be applied uh, to chiropractic and the philosophy and actually the practical side of it um, what we do and how we interact with our practice members and the effect of uh, chiropractic to life in general yeah in life life expression and all these other things that we often say without truly examining the thoughts of exactly and i what i thought was well it's pretty cool in in the way that you write it is very similar to like my own thought processes of like we we say these things but then we haven't examined them and then when you examine them you realize one, the depth of knowledge and logic that we need to have and that there is within chiropractic philosophy, but also when you understand the depth, it's pretty cool. Like, 
and I cool. and I'm a hundred percent sure in ten years when I listen back to this, there'll be like layers of extra depth that I have no idea that even exists now. Exactly. exactly. Which is also quite exciting. But one of the topics you chat about is um something actually that we teach on our course, our online course about the paradigms of chiropractic. And I quite like the way that you write about that. And do you think that those different paradigms drive different people's purposes? Or do you feel that chiropractic has a purpose no matter how it's applied? Well, chiropractic has a purpose and that's it. But, um, going back like to the meaning or the essence that we can give to something like a fact is a fact but the idea that you attach to it gives you then the meaning and the purpose so that's why chiropractic exists for some people and they you know provide chiropractic care for the better expression of life and the human potential say according like the third paradigm but then Chiropractic also exists for some people in the first in the first paradigm and the second, uh, and is a way of getting sick people well and uh, getting well from say like specific conditions. So our personal like um, different perspectives will give different objectives like that you should coin that <laughs> that is but it's true right you unless you've been exposed to certain stuff or understood certain ways of thinking you're never gonna i mean i'm sure there's a genius somewhere that can just come up with that idea on themselves yeah but most of us. but i'm not <laughs> i'm not i'm definitely not that's really i like the way you phrase that it's probably really true right because um, not that there's, you know, I think as long as everyone out there is, is doing their best to serve their people in whichever way they define, you know, and you know, you're doing it ethically and within the laws of your land, then that's, that's awesome. But there obviously are different ways in which chiropractic is applied. And because of your objective, you're going to get different results and, and different levels yeah. of, of result, because obviously for certain people being out of pain is great but greater life expect like life expression is a lot more fun to deal with and to be part of that journey. So writing the paper, how did you find it? Did you, was it like quite a intense process that was, that you feel like you learned a lot from and like, how is that big question of what is the purpose of chiropractic and how you, you studied that? Has that changed anything that you've done in practice? Uh, writing the paper in the beginning didn't seem very appealing, but um, at the end of it, I can say like it's one of the best things that I've actually done because, you know, it's actually what we chat about and our thought process, but actually putting it down in paper and examining if your thought process is correct and is it, you know, deductively sound. Um, is a little bit scary because maybe you're wrong or maybe you know you're saying the wrong thing so you have a like you have to again be like humble down and do it again more in a more correct and more profound uh, way um, 
but it was a it was a very nice. I can say that in the beginning I didn't. It was hard, but it was it's one of the best things I've done. Um, and also, I didn't I didn't tell you. I don't know if you know, but also the last volume of the ACP journal just got published, and the, my paper is in it. So that was like extra fun, uh, you know, to see. To see Luna, that. <laughs> I, I kind of I had heard down the grapevine that it was going to be, but I didn't know that it had been. That's awesome, Luda. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm Thank so you. happy. You are a published author, young lady. Yeah. <laughs> Badass, no? <laughs> Do you know when that is gonna be available? Um yeah, it is available now on Amazon and on Kindle. Perfect. So if you are listening now. And um, I'm sure you have smiled and enjoyed some of the amazing thoughts that Lula has shared with us. I would really recommend, I haven't seen this as a published paper. I've only seen it as what Lula sent me. But I'm really looking forward to seeing that in publish, in published form. It is a really, really, it is a really great paper. I can honestly say that. And I think, um, well, all of the, the ACP journals, the papers, are a great resource to expand your knowledge on chiropractic philosophy. But particularly with Lula's one, I think it would be really challenging read for some people. And also, the, like I said, the way that you write it, for me personally, resonated with quite a lot of the things that I'd gone through in my thought process. And seeing them written down was quite a nice reflective process for me. So I'm super happy for you, Lula. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome, guys. If you're listening and you've appreciated this, please um, go to, I will make sure that the link is available for this, but please go and uh, get yourself a copy, even if it's the Kindle one, and uh, read the paper and let's hear what people thought about it. Let's see if we can start a bit of a conversation. I'm sure Lula will check our social media and stuff so that we can get a bit of a conversation around some of the ideas. That's amazing. I'm super happy. Um, I will make sure, actually, that seems like a great way to bring this all to close, actually. Um, I will make sure that the link is available uh, to that. I will make sure that I uh, buy a copy myself. And next time I see you, I expect that to be signed, Lula. So <laughs> get practicing your penmanship skills. Um, and also, <laughs> that was kind of took me back a bit. Lula, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for always just being your bubbly, amazing self. And um, I hope that, well, I know that a lot of people listening will have taken a lot from that. And so thank you for speaking so openly when I know it's probably not so easy sometimes and also in a different language. So thank you so much. Thank you, Danny. And good guy. Yeah. yeah, awesome. I was just going to say, like, it's great, everything that you're doing and obviously the course and the podcast now. And you know your efforts and you're putting this stigma in chiropractic and providing taking chiropractic to the direction that we aim and vision to see it so bravo thank you thank you so for the <laughs> that is really nice thank you so for those guys listening um please do make sure that you've liked us on social media that you have subscribed on whichever platform you listen to the podcast and also, if you have been listening to this, I would love you just to take a screenshot of you listening it, tag us in your Instagram stories, 
and go out this week and just tell one person to listen to this podcast and hopefully we can start to spread some more chiropractic philosophy through the world of chiropractic so keep on going on guys <laughs>